Welcome to the Keos Podcast, a series dedicated to bringing you the best claims and legal insight. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to a podcast, the Keos Podcast on the Highway Code. My name is Samantha Raman. I'm a partner at Keos um, in the market affairs team, along with my colleague, Natalie. Hi, yes, Natalie Lander. I am head of market affairs at Keos. Thanks, Natalie. So market affairs team at Keos uh, looks at what's going on well, within the market, as the name suggests, uh, within industry, within government, we do a lot of parliamentary engagement um, and engagement with government departments. So looking at kind of topics uh, that are, you know, relevant in terms of what's going on today, what's kind of coming down the track in another three, six, 12 months time. Today, we're here to talk about the highway code, um, about the recent changes. And I've got a bit of a Q&A session with our expert, Natalie. So. Um, Natalie, we can kick things off. Firstly, the changes to the highway code. Is that about the hierarchy of road users? And can you tell us a little bit more about why this change has been introduced? Right, yeah, in part, um, it's about the hierarchy of road users, which is the main change I think a lot of us have been hearing about. But there are quite a few changes that have recently been made to the highway code. And the hierarchy of road users is just one of them. So um, this is not a new concept, but it is new to the highway code and it puts the greatest responsibility on drivers of vehicles that could cause the most harm to put the safety of more vulnerable road users front and centre in the minds of all road users. So the hierarchy therefore places vulnerable road users such as pedestrians, in particular children, the elderly and disabled people at the top of that hierarchy, followed by cyclists, horse riders, motorcyclists and so on. And the real aim of the hierarchy of road users is not to give priority to vulnerable road users in every situation, but to develop a better overall culture of safe and respectful road use. Thank you. So kind of increasing awareness, really, I suppose. And so what other changes have been announced? Um, so, I mean, like like the hierarchy of road users, um, all of the changes really that have been made to the highway code recently um, are to solidify that sort of the, the culture of a better kind of safer road use. Um, things that I think a lot of us would naturally be doing, but um, many road users don't have as much awareness of. Um, so one of the changes, for example, includes the fact that at a junction, the highway code now sets out that motorists should give way to pedestrians who are waiting to cross the road, as well as those who are already in the process of crossing the road. When previously the highway code set out that motorists should give way only to those who had already started to cross. Um, cyclists also now have priority when travelling straight ahead at junctions and they're encouraged to um, drive in the middle of the lane at junctions to make themselves more visible in certain circumstances such as you know when riding on quiet roads and this is not a new concept again but it is new to have it in the highway code putting it front and centre meaning that as um, road users are sort of you know motorists are learning to drive they're going to be um you know, really made aware of this um, being um, a safety feature. Other changes include um, that when cycling in groups, um, cyclists can ride to abreast and the fact that it can be safer to do so, particularly in larger groups or when accompanying children or less experienced riders, um, leaving 1.5 metres when overtaking people cycling and so on. So um, 
I think one of one of the changes that I really like um, is the the Dutch reach method for opening car doors. Makes so much sense when you think about it. It's basically using your opposite hand, so your hand furthest away from the door to open the door, and it forces you to turn around and check your blind spot. And you know, you think about it, it's it's a great concept. Um, if you're learning to drive particularly and you're learning to do that naturally when you're opening your car door, um, it, you know, it's it's just a, it's a really good safety feature. Thank you. Thanks for setting that all out. There are quite a few changes there. Um, and uh, I've seen quite a bit of this in the insurance press, probably less so in terms of, you know, kind of um, the national media. Presumably there's some kind of public awareness campaign. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm with you there. I, I haven't seen um, a lot of uh, in terms of a public awareness campaign, but um, the actual campaign started on the 15th of February. Um, unusual timings because um, that was after the changes came into place. And um, the the main um, awareness campaign is being led by the Think campaign, which you'll be most familiar with kind of around Christmas time. And that's the, you know, think don't drink and drive that that you know that sort of campaign i haven't personally seen any of it not to say it's not running so it is it is there but i suppose you you might well see it um by the kind of the the highway banners that you get perhaps there'll be something like you know think leave 1.5 meters when you're overtaking a cyclist that's the sort of thing I think we will expect to see that campaign is going to run into the summer so it's it's a a longer campaign where we'll see things like that there has been a little bit on social media um which I've seen some of um and I think largely the, the awareness has been led you know by the um media when the 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 changes were put in place so you know, be interesting to see what how the the public you know awareness grows and what sort of awareness there is. I think we've heard a lot about the hierarchy of road users, but as I sort of set out there, there's a lot to the changes, and I'm not sure how much of a grasp everyone has on all of it. Mm, okay, no, that's that's really interesting actually, and um, maybe a little even a little surprising um, given the mm. timing of the public awareness campaign. Um, it'd be good to understand the timeline in terms of the changes, you know, when they came into the force and, um, you know, when we might see it in the highway code in terms of, you know, when people will be learning and when they're learning how to drive, that sort of thing. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So, as I said, really unusual timings, actually, given that the the changes themselves came into a force on the 29th of January. Um, we didn't see the Think Awareness campaign start until the 15th of February. And we won't see the changes in the actual hard copy of the highway code. You won't be able to buy a print version containing them until um, sometime next month in April. So quite unusual staggered timings, really. I think naturally have expected the the all to sort of come in at the same time. Yeah. Or, or probably actually preferably, I think I would have preferred to see a public awareness campaign leading into the changes coming into force. And then you get the changes, you get more of an awareness campaign and you get the hard copy. But um, I guess that's it's kind of, you know, to try and precipitate that sort of behavioural change, Mm -hmm. um, which, as you say, you know, would have meant maybe we'd have liked to have seen them before mm-hmm. in terms of that campaign. But I mean, nevertheless, I suppose we are where we are. So what do you think? Should we expect to see a change in behaviour from road users? 
I don't think we'll see a sort of sudden sea change in behaviour. Um, I mean, I think some of these um, changes that have come into the highway code, you know, such as that, you know, the fact that cyclists um, encouraged to cycle to abreast in particular situations, you know, we've always seen that. I mean, I think most of us driving will have seen cyclists driving to abreast, but what we won't have sort of known why necessarily. Um, and I think much in the media has, you know, much has been made in the media about cyclists taking advantage. I've seen that that tagline, you know, taking advantage of the changes, which has been um, disappointing, really, I think, because, you know, it isn't it isn't a new concept. We've all seen it. We're just the idea of putting the change in the highway code and setting out the fact that it is safer to do so is to raise that public awareness that this is why it's happening. This is why cyclists are riding like this. In this situation, it's safer to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think we'll see a sea change in behaviour, but um, I think gradually over time, you know, as as we get more learner drivers getting to grips with the highway code, um, as we all get to grips with the changes and as that public awareness campaign grows, then I would like to see, you know, over time that that change in behaviour um, and, you know, just a, a general kind of raising of our safety standards. OK, well, I mean, that's, you know, that's, I suppose, what we all want um, and hopefully will mean a positive change. So I suppose the million dollar question for insurers will be, you know, what will the impact uh, be? What effect will this have on claims? I know this is, you know, kind of a bit of crystal ball gazing isn't it but you know what do you think Natalie what's your sense? I think we'll see a change in the way claims might be presented or pleaded um, that you know that the, the changes to the highway code where they have any relevance to a particular claim um, we should expect to see those pleaded in the claims um, and that will probably be where we see a change we'd, we'd see that change sooner that we might than we might see a change in behaviour from actual drivers um, there's no change to the legal basis for a claim, um, no strict liability in particular situations. The highway code is is a code. It's not law, so there's no change to the law. Um, but, I mean, we would like to think the highway code would reflect safe driving standards in any event. Um, and that, um, you know, as I said, that, that there are some um points of the changes that have there's previously been a bit of a conflict in public understanding of what should happen what's safe why things why certain behaviors are um seen or not um in general you know where you have vulnerable road users involved in collisions um that you know that that you're going to be coming at a claim from a certain standpoint anyway and i don't think that how um claims are dealt with will drastically change but I think the way that they are pleaded might change. Okay thank you and interesting what you say about you know the timings I suppose we've kind of gone through that haven't we just in terms of that awareness piece and kind of difficult to know Um, but something you know should all be alive too um, while that you know while we make that transition. So last question for you Natalie is is this it you know in terms of changes there's quite quite a bit for us to get our head around in terms of changes to the highway code is that it for a while have they covered everything um that you know that that might be relevant 
Um, I don't think so. So, um, I mean, we've seen some recent changes in relation to um, sort of mobile phone device and, and similar use. Um, and one of the glaring, I guess, emissions within the recent changes related to e-scooters. So we haven't seen anything in the highway code changes yet. Um, understandably, I suppose, given the fact that government haven't set out their position in terms of future use of e-scooters but I think that as we're seeing more and more accidents um, and more and more serious accidents involving e-scooters that is something that we are going to need to see some action from from government and some reflection in highway code and public awareness of um, you know the the, the safety aspects around using e-scooters so that's one thing I would like to see, you know, and like to think we'll see in the near future. We also understand that DFT are working on changes to the highway code relating to autonomous vehicles. Um, though at the moment, I don't know the timeline for when we might expect to see these changes or draft changes. But in particular, we expect those to cover um, automated lane keeping systems, which is the first sort of type of autonomous um, vehicles that we'll be seeing on the roads and that's that's the sort of first sort of driverless technology that, that will be introduced so um, definitely some changes coming up in the near future so in the next 12 months I'd like to think that we'll see those two aspects. Okay so it's very much a case of watch this space mm-hmm. I suppose isn't it with the technology evolving quicker than ever before I guess uh, you know the regulatory side is you know mm-hmm. got to make sure that it keeps up with it okay thank you well that's that's been really really interesting um, thanks Natalie for uh, answering all of those questions um, thanks everyone for listening I hope that you found that interesting and useful if you have any further questions of course you know where to find us our details um, will be there on the link Um, so feel free to drop us a line if you think there are any questions that we've not covered all right have a good day everybody bye-bye thanks